0: Let's turn in our Bibles tonight, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. I'll not keep you a lot longer tonight, but I do want to take some time to share with you a little bit of the direction that I believe the Lord is leading our church for this coming year. I want to mention to you, if you didn't get one of these bookmarks with some pertinent dates on it when you came in, I know, uh, did we run out, Eric? We still have a couple. All right, we still have a couple in the back and I think Brian is going to run a few more to be available by the end of the service, but I think many of you probably got this on your way in. We'll look at some of those uh, highlights here in a little bit, but first of all, I'd like to just go to Matthew chapter 5, and I'd like to give you the big picture of what I believe the Lord is up to. Uh, We certainly have had a good year this last year. God has been very good to us, and I think... um, I think we've seen spiritual growth in our membership. We certainly have seen numerical growth as far as um, we have a lot of guests in our services. We've had some folks join the church, which is a blessing that we've welcomed. And we're just glad for what God is doing. We've had a number of folks saved. Um, Several of those are young people from our church. We always rejoice that God is doing work. In, in our young people and in their midst. And you be praying uh, for our young people as they prepare to go to winter camp here in about a week. Uh, well, exactly a week. And uh, just be praying that God would be preparing their heart and continuing a work in them. We rejoice in, in some of the blessings this last year. But as I, as I do every fall, I try to get away from the office for a couple of days and <clears throat> just seek the Lord's face and ask him, to give some clarity and some understanding about the needs of the church family and the way the calendar worked this year. Then a couple weeks later, I got together with uh, our ministry team, and we sat and talked about some of these things, talked about our ministries, our church as a whole. Of course, we went through a, um, a lot of changes during COVID, and some of those were, were very, uh, I think, Good changes, positive changes. There's other things that we stepped away from as ministry simply because we were no longer able to continue in those ministries because of restrictions and that sort of thing. And some of those we've not been able to return to. We're seeking the Lord's will in timing. As far as returning to some of those things like our nursing home ministries, we used to be in probably half a dozen nursing homes every month. Preaching the gospel and ministering to some of the elderly folks in there, but that has been uh, has become very difficult to get in to the nursing homes unless you can show current vaccination status and those sorts of things. And and uh, of course, um, well, there's difficulties with that for, for many of our church family. And so uh, we we just uh, have asked the Lord for His wisdom in the timing. Uh, and I do want to emphasize that we want to get back to some of those. Areas of ministry, but it is still challenging, although some of those are starting to open back up. And we'll talk about some of those this evening. But as I was thinking about the church and our church ministries and all that God is doing and where God wants to take us, I, my mind came to Matthew chapter 5. And I want to read for you tonight verses 13 through 16. Verse 16 is where we'll take our theme for this year, and I'll explain to you. Uh, we're going we're to look at the text for a few minutes, and then I'm going to explain to you uh, what we have in mind and what we believe God wants here in the church uh, over, this, over this next several months for sure. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13 says, "'Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing.'" Our theme this year is that phrase from verse 16, let your light so shine. I want to just point out to you here in this passage, very quickly, first of all, that God's people have an identity. It's clearly spelled out for us in this passage, ye are the light of the world. A New Testament church in particular is intended by God to be a lighthouse. We are to bring light to a world that is dark with sin and confusion. I don't know if you've noticed, but confusion about spiritual truth abounds on every hand. Many people believe that they are saved, but when you begin talking to them, they have a completely unscriptural basis of salvation, like their good works or perhaps they've had some kind of an experience where they believe that they spoke in tongues or somehow had an encounter that, uh, that had nothing to do with the gospel, but they believe that they're saved. And we encounter this all the time. Um, and this is the people who believe that they're saved. And then there's a whole multitude of people who have absolutely no idea that they need to be saved. And they have no clue what the gospel is. And so the Bible tells us, if we are God's people, ye are the light of the world. And I say that's our identity because this is who we are. We are to be the light of the world. There is no other option for us. And Jesus is going to make that clear here in this passage. Now, I will point out to you that this idea of being the light of the world has everything to do with the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And we are what I might refer to as lesser lights, Really, we're a lot like the moon that reflects the light of the sun. We don't generate our own light. We don't come up with our own clarity or with our own truth. We simply reflect the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who has come to light the path of every man that is in the world. And God has called us as lights to reflect the glorious light of the gospel. That is our identity and if we're not living up to that, there's something that is wrong. And that brings us to the next thought, which is found there in verse number 14 and 15, when Jesus says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, that makes sense to all of us, doesn't it? If you're out in the, in the countryside and there's a, a city or a little a village or something set up on a hill, and there's lights on at night. You can see that from a long ways away. You can't really hide those lights. We were uh, recently, we went down to the, the battleship New Jersey, down in Camden. We took the kids down there between Christmas and New Year's to go to the museum, which I't do advertisements. Maybe they would give me like an uh, endorsement or something for ad- That's a great museum, really, really a cool place to go and visit. And we were when we were there, they were talking in one of the areas of the museum about how on board that battleship, they had particular lighting during wartime. And then, of course, they had these shades that would be drawn so that because you could see the light from a battleship from a long ways away on the open ocean, so they have to make sure that no lights are able to be seen. That's the idea that Jesus... Is, is putting forth here, uh, if you have light, you can't really hide that light. And then he says in verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. The whole purpose of lighting a candle is to elevate it, put it on a stick, put it up high somewhere so that it can give light into the house. And this brings us to this thought of the isolation of God's people. It's almost a laughable thought. Why would you light a candle and then put it under a basket? Why would God's people, in other words, fail to share the light that God has given to them? What would cause this, that they would do something that seems so unlikely, doesn't make any sense? And I'll ask you to think about that. I have some ideas tonight of why we might hide our light or not be willing to to shine the light I think one thing is we're just maybe a little embarrassed about what the world thinks because we know and we've been told over and over again that if you believe the truth of the gospel, if you believe this Bible, you're old-fashioned. You're weird. You're strange. We don't want to hear from you. And so I think a lot of Christians have gotten embarrassed and, and they just figure, well, nobody really wants to hear. Why would, I, why would I shine the light if no one wants to receive it? So maybe there's some embarrassment. I think sometimes there's fear. We're just afraid of what people will say and what people will think. We're afraid if I try to share the gospel with someone, I'm afraid that they might push back on me. I'm afraid they might ask a question that I don't know how to answer. I'm afraid that they might get upset with me and think that I'm telling them I'm better than them or whatever the fear might be. We have actually a lot of irrational fears that are attached to this idea of sharing the gospel. And... Even though they're irrational, they're very real fears, and we struggle with them, don't we? We often wrestle with these kinds of things and say, "Ugh, I don't know." You know, if I share the gospel, what's going to happen? Maybe, maybe I'll lose my job. Maybe uh, people won't want to talk to me anymore. Maybe I'll lose all my friends. Maybe my family will disown me. I, you know, all the things that we imagine. Most of the time, those things are not really going to happen. But we do have a lot of fears in regards to sharing the gospel. I think a third reason why we might put our light under a bushel is simply neglect. We just get busy going about our life and we're not really intentionally thinking about sharing the gospel. There's a a little bit of a... um, I think it's really common, actually that among people who call themselves Christians, we tend to talk in such a way about the Bible that a lot of people who are not saved really have little to no idea what we're talking about, but we assume that they're understanding the truth. And, And we're just, you know, we're talking, we're assuming we're sharing the gospel with them. We're assuming that we're making sense to them, and they have not any idea what we're talking about But they maybe politely nod their head, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and they walk away from that encounter thinking, I don't know what they were just talking about. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, So neglect in the sense that we've not really prepared ourselves to present the gospel in a powerful and meaningful way to people who may be coming from a different viewpoint of the world than we are. We've not really given much thought to how to share the gospel in an effective manner. So it could be neglect. Uh, There's probably some other reasons. You could maybe jot some of those things down. But understand that what Jesus is communicating here is that it's not God's will and it's not normal for people to take light and hide it under a bushel. It is also not normal and it is not God's will for us to take the light of the gospel and cover it up and not share it. I will say another contributing factor is simply the fact that we can get so isolated from people who are unregenerate in the sense that our lives, especially, you know, we're here with a little bit of a larger church as far as Baptist, independent Baptist churches are concerned. Our church is a little bit on the larger side. And we have a lot of activities. We have a lot of things that are going on. We have a Christian school. We have homeschoolers that do things together. We have activities that are going on at church. And we could pretty much just make our life revolve around the things that are going on at church and with people from the church to the point that we could just about get isolated completely to where we never or rarely speak with someone who is an unbeliever. And it's going to be very difficult for us to shine our light if all the people that we know are already believers or at least profess to be believers. And so we have to Unisolate isolate ourselves a little bit. We have to, let me put it a, a different way, we have to be intentional in going with the gospel. And when we're not intentional, we again are neglecting to share the gospel with people around us, and all too often God's people are hiding their light instead of boldly sharing it with the world. God's will, obviously, is for us to shine the light. That's our identity, and there's a little bit about our isolation that can take place. But then I want you to notice the intentionality that is, that is mentioned here in verse 16. When Jesus says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That phrase, let your light so shine... Means that there is an intention that we have to make sure that the light is being shown, that it is being shared, that the light is being reflected in the world around us. And the question that I want to ask you tonight, and the theme that we're going to be working on all year, is this thought Are you and I being intentional in sharing the light of the gospel? Are we taking the opportunities that God gives us? What is hindering you and I from being intentional in sharing the light of the gospel? Now, I'm going to stop right here. And if you've got a pen and paper or your phone, you're taking some notes maybe, or maybe just in your mind, I want you to think, am I sharing the gospel the way that God wants me to and the way that I know I ought to? And if the answer is no, then I want you to ask yourself the question, what is it that is the primary hindrance that is keeping me from doing that? All right, so just for a moment, think about that, and then we'll come back to our text. If you want, just write it down, or at least mark it in your mind. Now, I'm not going to ask you to answer out loud, but what is that hindrance? Is it time? Is it fear? Is it feeling unequipped, not having the tools? Is it confusion about, well, what would I say, and I'm, I'm just not certain how to approach a conversation? All right, so here's what I would like you to do. If you've got my email address or my cell phone number and you feel comfortable sharing with me what you feel the greatest hindrance is to you sharing the gospel you you know the way that you know God wants you to would you feel comfortable sharing that with me I'm not going to I'm not going to put it out to the church you no know, brother so and so has this problem sister so and so this is her thing no I what I would like to know though is what are some of the things that we are dealing with that are barriers that we we believe are keeping us from doing what God wants us to do? And then we could try to dismantle some of those hindrances. So if you feel comfortable doing that at some point in the next day or two, let me know what you think it is that that is making it difficult for you to share the gospel. We have some ideas. We spent quite a bit of time talking about this. And and I want to say, as a church... First of all, I'm not disappointed with our church in this area of evangelism. I think that Lehigh Valley Baptist Church as a whole, as a, as a group, has a heart to share the gospel and I, I see that in the testimonies and in the involvement you know we had uh, we had outreach yesterday on Saturday and and we had a great group show up to go out and, and talk to people about spiritual things. And that's tremendous. That's wonderful. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I believe this should be our theme because, boy, we are really struggling and this is a terrible area. What I'm, what I'm really burdened about is I would like to see us go to the next level in this area. I would like to see us, first of all, all of us become more involved in sharing the gospel, and then second of all, I would like to see especially some, some of the folks who have not felt comfortable being involved in confrontational evangelism start stepping into that arena and become involved in that and see how God might use that in each one of our lives. So if you have an idea of something that you say, you know, this, this I think is a hindrance for me. If you'd feel comfortable sharing that with me, please do so by email. Uh, My email is rhamet at lvbaptist.org. It's very easy to remember, and many of you have my cell phone number. That's pretty readily available. I won't put that on YouTube, but um, if if you want to contact me that way, you you can get my number pretty easily, and if you feel comfortable sharing that with me, that could be a help to me through the course of this year. Now... As I'm thinking about personally, and and I personally want to grow in this area, and I want us as a church to grow in this area of letting our light shine, uh, and and I want it to be something that is in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I really want to see God use us in that way. So there's some things that we've talked about that we believe uh, we'll be able to implement this year. And there are some things that we want to put into, into uh, process and, and encourage. So actually, that's the very first thing that we want to do this next year is throughout the course of the year, we want to begin encouraging our church members to take the next step. So if you think about where you're at in your spiritual life, if you're, if you're a believer, you're a member of the church, where are you at as far as sharing the gospel, Are you at the point where you would feel comfortable taking a gospel tract and handing that to someone, but that's about as much as you're comfortable doing? Okay, well, what would be the next step for you? Maybe the next step for you would be learning how to ask someone a spiritual question and enter into a conversation about spiritual things. Maybe for you... Uh, the Bible study was mentioned and highlighted tonight. So maybe for you, you say, you know, I, I've, I feel fairly comfortable talking with people generally about spiritual things, but I've never actually taught that four-week Bible study. And I, I would love to be a part of doing something like that this next year. So maybe that's your next step is to get involved with teaching a Bible study to someone. And we're going to highlight uh, some things practically ...that you can do in regards to that. We're going to, we're going to do a, a number of practical things through the year. But I want you to think about what your next step is. Maybe you say, man, I teach the Bible study. I've done this. I've done that. Okay, well, what is your next step? What is the, what is the thing that God is asking you to do? Because he's always calling us to take another step of faith. Amen. So what is it that he wants you to be involved in? And how does he want you to grow in this area? So think about where you are now... And how you can grow. And you may even be able to look back and say, I used to be here, but I've kind of stepped back from some of these things, and I want to get back to the place where I was. And that's a good goal. So we're going to be encouraging members to take next steps. We, we at times, will probably have some practical challenges. Um, some of our, our men suggested that it might be helpful once in a while, and we've done this in the past. Just to have a practical challenge, you know, this week, take, a, take five tracks and ask the Lord to help you to give them out to someone uh, this week, invite someone to come to church this week, uh, ask someone to do a Bible study, and we'll, we'll try to have some of those practical challenges to place in front of you through the course of the year to help you to keep this in front of your mind. And a lot of this will probably be taking place through our Sunday school program And in that venue, I think that God will allow us to grow in this area. We're also going to try to provide some training this year. And um, while we have a number of people who are proficient at things like using our spiritual survey that we use on door-to-door visitation, we're also aware that there are people who are here who hear about using the survey but really have no idea what we're talking about. You haven't had the opportunity to use that. You, You don't understand how it would be used or how it would be a benefit, how you might be able to enter into a conversation using that. And I will say that that is a really effective tool for being able to engage people in a conversation. When you meet them just, you know, right on the spot on the street and you begin to ask them about their opinion about spiritual things, it can often open a door to have a spiritual conversation. So things like that, we're going to be attempting to use modeling and teaching to help you to understand things like, you know, how, how do you hand out a tract? What is a way to hand out a tract without being awkward? How can you ask someone a spiritual question? What does that even look like? And, and how do you go about that? And then along with that, we're going to be challenging you to step into some partnerships. And so we have some people who are equipped and who are involved in doing these things. And we've been challenging them and will be challenging them more to branch out of their, the people that they're comfortable going with on visitation and invite some other folks to come along. And maybe let's find some people who would like to grow in this area and partner together. In other words, maybe you're not comfortable going on door-to-door visitation like we did yesterday and being the person who does the talking, but you might be comfortable going along with someone and praying and asking the Lord, you know, being the silent partner who's praying while there's a conversation going on. And after a little while, as you see how it goes, you might be a little more comfortable being the one to lead the conversation. And so we want to use both modeling and partnering this year to provide some training. And our goal So I'm just telling you right at the outset what our goal is. Our goal is that at the end of 2023, that we would have more people involved in our weekly outreach than we do at the beginning of 2023. We'd like to see more of our church family involved in that. So we're coming for you, all right? No. In a nice way. What we want to do is give people the vision that, it really is possible to share the gospel with people, and we have a big job to do, and we want to invite you to be a part of that, and we realize there's, some, there's maybe some hurdles. That's why I asked you to give me some feedback, and perhaps we can help with that. So we want to provide encouragement. We want to provide training. That's what we'll be doing this year along the way. Third of all, we want to try to provide some new venues of outreach, uh, one, of the, one of the big areas that we're working on right now and trying to bring all the details together, hopefully within the next month or two, we'll have this ready to roll out. But one of the things that we're noticing, uh, and it's not just in our area, but we certainly have plenty of them in our area, is that a lot of the newer developments that are being put in are closed access. In other words, you know, there's several neighborhoods in, in our immediate area That if we sent evangelism teams to go door to door and we started knocking on doors, within minutes we would have administration from that neighborhood confronting us and threatening to call the police and asking us to leave. And because it's private property, because they're usually condominium associations, they actually have the right to do that. Uh, That's different than public property. And so uh, because of that, we have limited access to the people who live in those areas, and yet the people who live in those neighborhoods, are, they're every creatures. They're, they're people who need to hear the gospel. So we've been uh, trying to, to come up with some solutions, some ideas. In the past, we've tried a couple of different things. So we want to try something this year. We'll, we have no idea whether it will be received well or how God will use it, but we're, uh, Brother Brian's in the process of designing a card, uh, a one-fold, single-fold card, with a space on the inside to handwrite a short note, inviting someone uh, to our church services on the outside to hand address. And we'll be choosing, selecting some neighborhoods where we cannot go door to door, and we will be focusing. We can get the names and addresses of people who live there easily. And so we can address those by hand. A little short note inside asking folks to consider coming and attending our services and then drop that in the mail and just see how God might use that. Now, obviously, that requires some labor and some folks who are willing to write, uh, but the truth is some of you may not be able to go out on, on uh, outreach because of a lack of mobility or other challenges that you may, may have, but you may be able to participate in something like this. And so we're hoping to roll that out here pretty soon. Brian just showed me a prototype on Friday, and that's coming along pretty well. And so there's a few details that we've got to button up before we're ready to actually involve folks in that. But that'll be something we'll say more about in the future, and maybe something that you would be excited about being a part of. Uh, we're, we're As I've already mentioned, we're going to try to put some practical challenges in front of the church family. We're also trying to open up some new areas of ministry and just asking the Lord to give us wisdom, because obviously there's many, many opportunities for ministry, but we want to make sure that we're walking in the Lord's will. And so there's been a number of things suggested. We're looking into a number of those things. Uh, we, are, we are really asking God to open some doors of opportunity for us in the downtown Allentown area, especially among the Spanish and bilingual uh, population that lives in that area, and just asking God to help us with that and i 'm so so glad that Brother Adam has joined our ministry team and is a part of that effort and we 're looking forward since he has some more flexibility now to be able to help with some of those things even more than he has in the past we 're just asking God for his wisdom, something that you can pray about specifically and Brother Adam and I were just talking about this the other day we would really we would really Appreciate if God would give us the opportunity to have even a small storefront area that we could rent in that neighborhood where we could invite people to come for things like personal Bible studies, uh, counseling, biblical counseling for addictions and family needs, and that sort of a thing. A place where we could base out of, not necessarily to have church services at this point, but just to minister to the neighborhood and have a permanent presence down there. Because I think, you know, as soon as the weather turns cold and it starts getting dark earlier, we have to stop going there uh, because of safety and because, well, people aren't really coming to the park after dark and that sort of thing. And so that restricts us during the late fall and winter months, and then we can't get started again until the spring. So we're just asking God to help us with that. There's also a lot of other opportunities, I believe, that God is bringing to our attention. I will... Uh, refrain from saying a lot about those right now because I'm sure that several of them will not play out, but some of them will. So as we try to just follow the Lord's will, you pray for us to have wisdom, and we'll try to make those available as we find new venues of ministry to be able to let our light shine. A fourth thing that we've been talking about that we're excited about is, Lord willing, the opportunity to get back to taking missions trips. And uh, we've had a couple of years that we've had to take off because of COVID restrictions. Travel has become very, very difficult. But finally, we're starting to see some loosening up of that. It's, it's a lot less risky now to travel. Uh, risky in the sense of the last thing that we want to do is take a group to another country and get stranded there and not be able to get home, especially a group of young people or something. And so uh, that's something we've been sensitive to, but we believe... That it's starting to open up now, and we're looking forward to some things. So specifically, uh, there is a missions trip, and our teenagers already know about this, uh, but there's a missions trip that is in the final planning stages to go down to the Miami area to help Brother Ted Alexander uh, just outside of Miami to do some evangelism in preparation for their Easter services, which is kind of a big push for them. And so uh, that's coming up pretty quickly here. And again, our teenagers have been notified about that. Uh, We we still don't feel comfortable taking a group of teenagers outside the country at this point, but we want to get them uh, to a place where they can be involved in some practical ministry. So Pastor Gable has been working on that, and that's upcoming here in just a few months, and we're thankful for that. Another thing that I want to publicly announce to the church is uh, Brother Austin Wartner from Metropolitan Baptist has been working with Brother Jeff Lang and also uh, a little bit with Brother Williams and Brother Hall. And they're in the process of, and I think they're, they're, they've actually set dates, and I'm, if I'm going off my memory, but I believe it's January the 5th through the 21st of 2024. So almost exactly a year from now, they're planning a trip to go to Bangkok, Thailand, and to do the Bangkok Blitz Three, and they're going to be uh, targeting to put a lot of literature on the streets, offering Bible studies. Brother Lang has been working on some things to be able to track the literature, and uh, they're also planning to take that group up to Maasai, where the Williams and the Halls are at, for a day or two to be able to uh, participate in some things in their ministry. And then there are some other things that are in development, which may or may not happen. And so uh, those would be great opportunities. Um, Brother Wartner told me, I think they have 25 spaces. So they've limited it to 25 because anything more than that gets really inconvenient for traveling and, and logistics. And it's opened up to Metropolitan Baptist, Fargo Baptist, and our church at this point. And so if you are interested in that, you can let me know and I can put you in touch with Brother Wartner and I'll try to send an email about that. Uh, We are also, uh, for those of you who say, boy, that's a long trip and I don't know I could be gone that long and I'd rather go and visit one of our missionaries. So I am encouraging our church family to really begin praying about whether God would have you to go and visit one of our missionaries on the field. We are in the process of trying to put together a couple of missions trips to visit a couple of our missionaries with some smaller groups to do some ministry work, and so we're, we're just trying to put some of those things together, and we'll try to put that in front of you. I won't say any more than that because I don't have any details yet, but we are working on some of those things. Another uh, aspect of missions trips that we want to do, and Brother Adam and I have talked about this Uh, A couple of times now, we would like to put together some local missions excursions. And this would be like uh, what we do when we go to Harlem. That's a local missions excursion. So we can drive an hour and a half, and you can go somewhere that is uh, pretty different than where we live. And it's a lot like cross-cultural ministry, and you have great opportunities for evangelism. So we want to do some of that same sort of thing, but we want to go to some other places. And, and be involved in some cross-cultural ministry. We have some areas targeted for that and some, uh, some places that we would like to be involved in. I know uh, you know there's, there's some great opportunities that are within a two-hour drive of here that we could go and minister to people from a totally different culture. Oftentimes, they're not even going to speak our language, and we'll have a great chance to try to show God's love to them, share some uh, literature with them, and see how God might use that. So we're going to try to do uh, several of those kind of things this year, and I hope that right now you'll start praying about what God wants you to do and how God wants you to be involved. And perhaps you've never been involved in something like this. Maybe you've never gone to the Allentown Outreach and been a part of that. And and maybe you can't make a commitment to go every week, but maybe you want to ask the Lord, to to allow you to go once or twice and just see what goes on and see how you could be a help and and open your eyes to to the needs that are around us. So our goal this year is that we want to let our light so shine. We want to challenge ourselves. And as we close tonight, I want to ask you to be thinking about this. As I've been talking, I hope that you've been thinking, what is the next step for me? What does God want me to do? Is there, is there someone, is there a name that comes to your mind of someone that God has put into your life, into your path that you could reach out to? Maybe you could invite them to do a Bible study, or you could ask them a spiritual question and try to see where they're at. Maybe in, in, for you, you say, boy, I, it's been a while since I handed a tract to someone. I, I can't, you know, I used to go on visitation, but I, I stopped going a while back. So maybe God wants you to take that step. I don't know what the next step is for each and every one of you, but I have a feeling that as I've been talking, the Holy Spirit has been talking to you.